Okay. So session one of Baba and Nido. I don't know, Baba, if you want to say something about like, you know, why why we're doing this or something like that. No. Is there a reason why we're doing this? <laughs> yes. So that you know, this is a very precious time. So you know, alhamdulillah. Oh, they, I'm gonna have to give them bones. So Baba wanted to make sure that you know you learn what's important about being Muslim and your alhamdulillah your dad is like you know one of the foremost scholars of the world but this is really for you Mundo because you know the questions are really directed at things that are important to you to help you understand especially since you go to Catholic school and you're learning a lot about another religion it's important that you know about your own religion and anything that you wonder about you know I think that a question that you'll have will lead to, you know, um, other questions, and it's such a beautiful tradition that you'll you'll be surprised if you learn more from Baba. So this is your time to ask Baba anything that you want, and then it's Baba's chance to share advice to for growing up. Well, know, first of all, wrap in your head, just like this. It's actually from extra pain. Oh, that yeah. Wow. Um, it doesn't show that much? It no, does, babe. actually. It's okay. It's, it's from Sujood. That is, yeah, that's a dedication. Do you know what Sujood is? Is it like, what's it called? I forget what it's called, though. When you're... Well, when you go, when you're in like a, in like a salon when your forehead is touching the forehead. Yeah. yeah, so I guess that, that, that happens when you... Do a lot of it. Is it painful? No. No. No, it's just like. I think from contact, like also look, like on my knees. Do you see this? Oh, yeah. And my other knee. This? His knees. Yeah. This and this. Ow. So the, the, this is from, same thing from praying. If you, if you pray a lot, then that's what happens. Okay. So should I just ask him a question? Ask okay. what, anything you you wonder about. Maybe, I mean, maybe in the in the future, you know, I, we get, you know, as we explore other things, and we then there are things that I can tell you that even if you didn't ask about. But for now, like let's start just with anything you're wondering about. Well, the question I originally thought of uh, was, why was Muhammad decided to be the last prophet? That's a good question. Well, the reason Prophet Muhammad was the last prophet God could have continued sending prophets from the beginning till the, the, the end, but that would have meant sending different prophets to different people, and then different people will interpret the different interpret the messages of each prophet 
in a different way. So, but God's plan was, was different than that. You have to remember that the message of the Prophet Muhammad didn't actually start with the Prophet Muhammad. The message of the Prophet Muhammad started from the very first Prophet, you know, who was the very first Prophet. There's some discussion about that. But at least, like, the, the, the father of Islam is the Prophet Abraham. So, each Prophet came with, with basically the same message, that there's only one God, that this entire universe has a maker, it's not an accident, there's a special... It came with, with a purposeful design that there that we have there is a reason for our birth and death and we're not just, you know, an accident and that most important of all is that there is accountability in the hereafter, that there is a afterlife and that people will be held responsible for what they say and do during their lifetime on this earth. And that's really a, a big, 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 big component because so many, God would send so many prophets and then each prophet, after they die, people would change their message basically to take the afterlife part out. So... People didn't have a problem so much with the idea of worshipping one God, but they, they, they always wanted to forget about the afterlife. They always wanted to pretend like you live and you die, and then that's it. And so with the Prophet Muhammad, the, the, the thing, all the Prophets before, they would come and they, the way they proved that they were Prophets because of the way humanity was, the way just the human mind was, the level of knowledge that the human mind was at, and the, you know, the, just the stage of development, was that they would prove their message through miracles. The problem with miracles is the people who are living can see it, and they can be impressed by it, but once a prophet dies, it becomes... A matter of dispute whether there was a miracle or not you know so even if you saw someone do a miracle you'll say yeah I saw it but then once that man dies who did the miracle then you know people will either believe you that you saw it or don't believe you or you know it becomes like everything else unless human beings see something with their own eyes they tend to contest it and argue about it and not want to believe it what was different with the Prophet Muhammad was, is that he was not, because, you know, it's like God said, okay, you know, I've sent so many prophets with miracles and miracles and miracles, and now human beings have developed, have become advanced enough and civilized enough and especially literate enough, like, because human beings for a long time didn't rely on reading and writing. But by the time the Prophet Muhammad came, humanity had reached a point where actually people relied on reading and writing. 
And so the, instead of miracles, God said, okay, now my entire message is intact in a single book that will not be lost or corrupted, and that's the Quran. So that's the biggest difference, is that all the other prophets, you know, Moses, like for instance, you know, we, we know the prophet Abraham, but we don't have a book by the prophet Abraham. When, you, when we know the prophet Joseph, but we don't really have a book by the prophet Joseph. We know the prophet Moses, but he didn't write the Torah. It was after he died, several hundred years after he died, people wrote what he said. And so it's not like a book of... Same with thing with Jesus. Jesus didn't write the New Testament. It's after he died, several centuries after he died, people wrote what Jesus sort of said and what Jesus sort of taught and what his disciples taught and said. But the Quran is different because it was documented and written moment by moment preserved word by word and that's why it's a last prophecy because it's it's the book is there and it doesn't rely on miracles it relies on an actual book you can read and it's it's you know for our from our perspective we think of the prophet muhammad you know 1400 years ago we think of it a long time but remember that god for god one day of our in God's time is like a thousand years for us. So the Prophet Muhammad was also sent closer to the end of times. So now we have the Quran and you know, no more miracles and by the time the Prophet Muhammad came there were you know, now it's it's a final prophet because prophets had to come to an end but now their prophecy is not, it's like transferring the prophecy from stories about the man to now the prophecy is in a book that you can actually hold and read and it's the word of God directly, not some people telling stories about what the prophet taught, but the actual word of God. And that's why he's the last prophet. If we, and if, if you get the opportunity someday to learn Arabic, when you read the Quran in the original Arabic, it's so, it's so exceptional and it's so unusual. It doesn't read like a human book. It reads like a, you know, a book that could not have been written by a human being. So, kind of going in a different direction. Uh, I know Christians believe that like Jesus is the son of God, but we don't believe that. No. So, if Jesus was predetermined to become a prophet, isn't that kind of a little unfair? Because he kind of had a ticket to heaven before he was born. Well, in Islam, I mean, Prophets don't get tickets to heaven. 
I mean, that's the thing in, in Islam, and this is one very big difference between the Quran and like the the New Testament and the Old Testament. Is like in the Old Testament, prophets commit a lot of sins, and they still gonna go to heaven, and they they're still prophets. And in the New Testament, the it sort of confirms the, what the Old Testament says. But also, like, Jesus is the Son of God, so he's born. He, he's, a, he's, like, he's considered divine. So it's like, of course, God is not going to send himself to heaven. It's like, so there is a little bit of a, a weird thing is that, you know, he's the Son of God. But actually, if you read the Bible, and, and you know, he, he's talk, always talking to his father and saying, asking his father to forgive him. And he prays to his father sometimes, but if he's God, then why is he praying to himself? So that, that's you know the odd thing about the Trinity. But in in Islam, prophets were the most um, the most worship worshipping human beings. In other words, prophets set an example as to how a human being can live worshipping God and also at the same time be a successful human being. So the prophet Abraham, for, for instance, although, you know, people don't talk a lot about, but in Islam, the prophet Abraham prayed far more than five times a day and he constantly fasted and he constantly gave to the poor and he constantly helped other human beings he was like constantly serving other human beings and you can fact divide his life into his either defending his people against attacks by other armies in war or he is feeding the poor or he's worshiping god so he's actually hard more hard working than than any other human being same thing when you read the story of the prophet moses in islam or the prophet jesus you know when you read the story of jesus in islam he is constantly worshiping God. He is constantly taking care of the poor. He is constantly defending people who are weak and oppressed. And same thing with the Prophet Muhammad. I mean, Prophet Muhammad, people, the, the, his companions reported that he would worship God for so long that his feet would start cracking okay, when he stands in prayer. And he would give so much to the poor that his family would report that days would pass and they wouldn't have anything to cook. They would just eat dates because he would give everything. So in Islam, they're actually, you know, they, they give you an example of how to have a relationship with God where you get the sense that they worshiped God because they loved God, not because they wanted anything from God. 
Numkazi wanted, like the rest of us, you know, we want not to be punished in the hereafter. We don't want to go to hell. We, we want to go to heaven. But the prophets actually set an example of how you can develop a relationship with God where you actually, God becomes like the closest of friends. And so the, the prophet Muhammad would, 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 people would say that when he would be sitting with them, they would tell that he was always so eager to like go back and spend time with God. Like, you know, I'm talking, sitting, chatting with you and talking with you and joking with you. But people would tell that as soon as, you know, the social event was over, he would run and go pray. And, and his, he would feel that sense of companionship that is so special when you feel God in your heart and you actually, God is not just an abstract idea that is far away, but you actually like get to feel God while you are alive on this earth. So that's like um, one of the big things in Christianity. They say that Jesus was saved and Jesus died to save us. But in Islam, no one is saved upon birth. In Islam, it's your good deeds that will save you. It's your own hard work that will save you. And that's it. Even the prophets, you know, no one gets a free ride. And so that's actually a really good point because it's one of the big differences between, you know, the way Islam looks at things and the way Christianity looks at things, or even Judaism. Well, Judaism is a little bit <coughs> different because Judaism doesn't focus on the hereafter. You know, they don't even yeah. talk very much about the hereafter. So, uh, two questions. I um, guess I'll just start with the easier one. So, is there a reason why, like, dates are, I don't know if they're considered the holy food, but, like, that they're, like, kind of standing out like we break fast with dates oh like, things like that. that's okay that's a good question well the real reason you know there, there's nothing holy about them or you know sacred about them but dates um where the prophet muhammad was and also where you know remember that most of the prophets came from the area that today we call the arab world in Arabia, they either were born in Arabia or Iraq or Palestine. You know, Jesus was in Palestine, Abraham was Iraq, Muhammad was Arabia. Some prophets came from Yemen. And in this whole region, the cheapest source of energy are dates. They, they grow in palm trees and they, they're very sweet. They require very little water, so palm trees actually grow in the desert really well. And they're a great source of energy because they're very sugary and they fill you up. So if you're poor, they're, they're the best solution. I mean, they're, they're cheap and they give you a high energy and they fill your stomach very quickly. That, that's really the, the, the reason that so many of these stories in, in, the, in the Bible and in the Quran, you find dates. But, you know, out of just habit, 
because Muslims knew that the Prophet Muhammad and his companions, you know, would eat dates just because they're Arabs. You know, so Muslims just r repeat that, and and they, you know, and you know, I I I'm not a doctor, but you know, I've read or heard some doctors say that dates are actually good for your stomach and good for your digestion and i don't you know i don't know that we'd have to ask a doctor about that but that's the, that's the thing about dates okay. and then uh my other question was oh yeah you said like there was a debate about the first prophet but was adam not considered a prophet well, that's a really good question. Um, yeah, I mean, Adam, well, in Christianity and Judaism, he's not a prophet because they they actually think Adam is responsible, or Eve is responsible for the original sin. Um, but in Islam, the idea of the original sin is not, you know, it, it, it's like, yes, Adam and Eve disobeyed God, uh, but God forgave them, and they were not sent to earth as punishment. You know, that's... But the the thing about... It, there are a couple of things. One, um, you know, did Adam and Eve ever really exist as actual human beings or is it a symbolic story is God telling us sort of teaching us about the concept of accountability and responsibility for your own actions by giving us this so that that's you know this sort of symbolic story so that that's one question were they an, ever an actual Adam and Eve but then there is another point and that is, Adam, if Adam was an actual human being that God created, and it's referring to, you know, the, the very first human beings to, on earth, there was, there was no prophetic charge, you know? It's like, if you are Adam and Eve, and you actually came from the heavens, you actually had the experience of God talking to you and so on, then and and you know, who you be who you prophesizing to. There's there are no human beings. So that's why there is debate about that. At least in the Islamic tradition. It's like, well, you know, yes he had two children first he had you know, his first children did did he need to prophesize to them, or was he just a father teaching his children? You know, here's where you and my me uh, here's where I and your mother came from. So, yeah, it, that's and to be honest, I mean, it's so far far back, like you know, when human beings first come to Earth that it's so long back and it was before writing the invention of writing so we don't have any written records so we, we you know we really don't know there's it's very hard 
to be able to tell when something is so in the past that and there were no written records and nothing that survived so you know my my own senses probably Adam and Eve were not prophets but they were honored by God because human being humanity human beings was in, was created in great honor and great dignity you know it's like if you compare the difference between a human being and a plant and an animal, you know the extent to which God honored us and blessed us. Because, you know, animals have consciousness, but their consciousness is not nearly as sophisticated and nuanced as their consciousness is driven to a very large extent by instinct, unlike human beings. So, you know, being a human being and being given life is such a big deal. It's a huge gift. Mm -hmm. and, um, I don't know if I have any questions. Kind of you no, know, I want to... Huh? Oh, go ahead. You know, I want to say something just about worship because it's really important if if you had a friend right and you helped this friend out let's say with school or you know that your friend is being bullied and you helped him out and you keep helping your friend out time and time again. Every time, you know, he's bullied, you come and save him. Every time he needs to figure out something on the computer, you come and help him. Every time he needs something, yes, something with his homework, you come and help him out. But then you notice that your friend doesn't really say thank you. You know, doesn't have a sense of gratitude, you know. Would you continue helping him? No. That's... You know, think of prayer exactly like that. Because God not just creates you, gives you that consciousness. I mean, you know, your mother and I can can tell you that before you were born, you weren't around. So the fact that God gave you consciousness is a very big deal. The fact that you're aware. But then God, every single day, if you think about it, the amount of blessings... Not just, you know, the fact that you don't go hungry, you have parents who love you, you have family that cares about you, you have a home that shelters you, you have a good school. So every single day, you, from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed, you're enjoying God's help that God keeps giving you. And prayer is a way of saying thank you. And the biggest thing that I worry about, about people who don't pray, is that at what point God will say, okay, you know, you're not grateful, I'm done. I'm done with helping you. You're on your own, buddy. And that's the biggest thing that worries me about a lot of people who have that type of attitude, is that eventually God's blessings stop coming and they become 
miserable and depressed and anxious and unhappy, and they keep wondering why. Well, you were ungrateful for so long, and now you're suffering the consequences of that, and you know, there, you only have yourself to blame. And, you know, like, if you ask me why I pray so much, like you were asking about the mark in my forehead, like, the reason I keep praying is that every time I think of God's blessings, you know, I think of my sons, that, alhamdulillah, they're in good health, alhamdulillah, you know, they weren't, they're, they're not, they don't have cancer, they're not blind, they're not suffering, they're, you know, alhamdulillah for my family, alhamdulillah for my home, alhamdulillah for my job, alhamdulillah for, you know, every moment in my life that passes, and then when I think of all of that, I just like say, oh my God, you know, I owe God so much, and, and all that I can do is just to say thank you. And so I go and I say thank you. And, and you know, and it's very, and also then later on in your life, if you say, if you, if you say thank you enough, and you're like, a good friend to God, like a grateful friend, then you will start knowing your friend in a way that will make you really fall in love. Because, you know, in the same way that the truth is, you know, there's a material world, there's all this physical world, but we're also surrounded everywhere. We just don't see them. With the non-material world, the paranormal. There are, are all around us spiritual beings, you know, including demons and angels and so on. And what prayer does, it allows you to start actually sensing the presence of God. And then that's a very, very amazing feeling. So I think that with, I mean, and I mean this, this not just for you, but it's a very important lesson for everyone. You know, if, why do we want to treat God in a way that we wouldn't even treat our friends? And if, and you know, logic tells us, you know, if someone is not nice to us, we're going to stop caring for God. And that's exactly the same thing with God. So, okay. Okay. Very good. Very good, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, and, excellent. And pray, oh, can I just ask one question now? Uh, for prayer, it doesn't have to just take the form of the prayer, like the sujood and everything, like thanking God. Well, I mean, at minimum is the salah that God asked us to do, the five prayers. But other than that, just to be grateful and to say alhamdulillah or thank God, you know, every time you, you enjoy a blessing. You know, every time you eat, every time you 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 remember, because like basically every time, and and all of us need God's, we, you know, God and the angels are on God's side, and we need that protection from all the evil that surrounds us that we don't see, but it's there, it's very real, so. Thank you. Cool. Okay, cool. Also, you need to shave. Again. Really? I did it today.
Really? Mm-hmm. It's shorter. My beard is actually shorter than it's than it was yesterday. Yeah. Huh. We did grooming today. Yeah. <laughs> Does my beard look that long? A little bit. It doesn't feel that long. No, it looks good. Okay. 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 Anyway. <laughs>